0: Hello and welcome to 10 ton potato podcast the, podcast, the podcast, the podcast, the podcast where we talk about actual productivity on Office 365 stack. I'm Brad and I'm joined by my co-host Craig and oh, from GT Consults. And in today's show, we'll be talking about Microsoft co Studio. So if you're a beginner, an expert, a developer or user, potato lover or potato hater, this podcast is for you. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. This is Ten Ton Potato and we're talking Microsoft Copilot Studio. But before we get into that, Craig, you said there was some news this week.
1: Yeah, so um, Copilot Pro was opened up for general release a couple of days ago. Um, this is now different to your normal Copilot for for three hundred and sixty-five. So whilst everything is, uh, you know, getting its own Copilot at this point, this this is actually a standalone product. Uh, but it was a big announcement that um, it enhances your your Copilot. Um, for free solution, which is basically your, your chat GPT um, solution. Uh, but it, is, it allows you to focus on GPT 4 Turbo um, during peak hours, as well as uh, which normally it's, it's only available for, for non peak hours. And it also adds in Dolly, um, it integrates into Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, OneNote. But um, this is for Microsoft 365 personal or family subscribers. So it's really, it's not organizational based, it's more just for your, your Pro user. But seems to be a lot of excitement
0: uh, around that. So yeah, big, big release there. So you're talking about that, uh, that little Copilot app that I've got on the side of my Windows right now, that now just gets upgraded to Pro.
1: Well, it gets upgraded to Pro, and it gets pushed into your um, Office three six five apps. Which, for individuals who are looking for that kind of power and they don't have an enterprise subscription, obviously that that helps them in certain ways and developing templates, um, creating content fast, um, generating imagery uh, through through Dolly. So, yeah, I I think it's a it's a productivity enhancer for an individual as opposed to an individual within a business.
0: Okay. So, Yeah, yeah I, I get seem it. impressed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we've been using the business licenses, so we, we've been having it right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, this is yeah, this is mainly for personal use. Okay, that's yes. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, it's pretty great, um, to get things done and make things happen quicker. So, yeah, like So, let's cool. um, let's jump into it. So, uh, Copilot Studio, um, my first. Question is, what is Microsoft Copilot Studio and what did it replace?
1: Cool. So we seem to be on repeat in terms of uh, this used to be, and this is one for, for Copilot Studio. I think when we heard about it at uh, Microsoft Ignite and uh, it became available in a preview version, everyone was sold on this as being a way to build GPTs for your um, your own co-pilot and enhance your, your co-pilot. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, this is actually a rebrand of uh, another Microsoft tool. Um, also from the Microsoft Power Suite, which brings us Power Apps, Power Automate, and the likes, uh, Power BI, this is a rebranding of the Ma- uh, Microsoft Power Virtual Agent. So for me it's one of the lesser known tools of the suite and yet it shouldn't be um in in terms of the functionality that you get i think it's it's really exciting and there there are two versions of it there's the microsoft power virtual agent which gives you the ability to create a bot with the bot framework and that's a bot that you can use not just within your organization but with your customers as well so think about First line support, answering questions, going a little bit over and above the um, the kind of Q and A bots to actually being something that's quite productive because the being in the Microsoft Power Suite, this integrates with workflow in the back end, uh, which means that you can connect to line of business applications. You can actually pull runtime information into your bot and give clients proper proper real time information. So for me, exceptionally powerful in the, in that sense. But then you also get Power Virtual Agent for Teams, which is where you can build your own internal bot that brings you capabilities with a smart bot. We're not just talking Q&A, we're talking integrating with your line of business applications. So think about HR. It's a great use case for this. And um, within HR, you might want to integrate to your leave system and allow people to book leave via Teams, and that can go and find out how many days they've got, it can allow them to book through the system in Teams automatically to a another line of business application. So um, the two slightly different uh, uh, tools here being Power Virtual Agent and then Power Virtual Agent for Teams. And those have been replaced with now the Copilot Studio and Copilot Studio for Teams. So what is the studio allowing you to do? Design bots, Uh, but where the bot can now talk to things like a website or to SharePoint and provide you those same capabilities through Power Automate, whereby you can connect your line of business applications And quite importantly, now, because of um, Copilot and Azure OpenAI, you can start bringing in generative AI functions. So it's it's an enhancement of the tool that was already there, rebranded into Microsoft Copilot Studio. Um, But with that added advantage of the generative AI and one other addition, which is only for users... Who are using copilot um, internally so the copilot for microsoft 365 so those are the paid for licenses where you're paying your your 30 a month to to utilize copilot and that is the ability to extend that copilot um, through plugins so when um, open ai we're talking about uh, gpts and building very specific uh, plugins for chat gpt this is allowing you to do the same for um Copilot.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, a lot like, to unpack
1: there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot to unpack. One of the things that like just hit me straight away was I saw a couple of demos of this and you can obviously point uh documents uh to the chat and then it can answer uh in an llm fashion on those documents what happens if you pointed a document library would you be able to constantly update that document library and would it constantly learn or
1: so in theory yes um, the, uh, I mean, the use case here has more been around pointing at a website and, and documents within that website. So the big thing is looking through your documents in, in SharePoint. So you can point to a SharePoint site and it can aggregate data from that, um, that Yeah, but it doesn't do
0: it all the time or when does it do it? Like, what are the refresh moments? Like, or is it just a one-off?
1: So right now with the generative AI, it can do it all all of the time. Um, So you set up a specific question, it will go and look at the data um, and a fresh, fresh glance and return you value. So let's take as an example, um, you've got data on a website, and you don't want to keep your your bot up to date with sending through an address every time you move um, that from that address, it will automatically go and look at the site at that time, generate a response and, and deliver that to you
0: that's pretty cool that's yeah it. so i mean for
1: keeping your 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 q a bot when these originally came out it was very um very much dictated to what you had trained the bot as yeah um so you gave it a a, a number of q a's and and then it would basically regurgitate that there was very little thinking going and on, if you didn't ask now, it the
0: right question it would be like i don't understand carry on yeah
1: Exactly. Um, now with that generative AI, it, it, it is a lot more dynamic in terms of what it's looking up and uh, how it responds. Whether um, at this point with um, the Copilot studio, whether it's more intelligent in, in terms of figuring out what um, issue you might be trying to understand. Well, that still comes down to your natural language and, and what you're asking it, and that the bot itself can can understand that. But um, with the generative AI, it, it can take your question now, if it gets stuck, and then go and farm that out to just a generic um, LLM to try and figure out what you're trying to ask it, rather than telling you, uh, sorry, don't understand. So uh, it's, it's a better end, End of topic when it, it doesn't understand what you're trying to do.
0: Okay, so um, I've got my next question is you know uh, what can it connect to and how can we use it? Um, you've you've got a little demo somewhere for us, eh?
1: Yeah, so I, I think actually the best way to to see this is, is through an actual demo where I can show you the, the ins and outs. I won't go too technical, um, but just to give you an idea of what the interface is firstly and secondly, yeah. how, how it can connect. So let me quickly share my screen here and um, we'll go through the So the, the big experience. thing for me
0: my head, it's this is essentially just a, a chatbot that we can point to specific Locations, right?
1: You, you, a hundred percent. So I, I said to you firstly that there are two different, um, there are two different types of of chatbot we're talking about here. The one is in Teams, so where you would use, uh, you would normally go in and type in Power Virtual Agent. That is no longer available, but if you type in Copilot, there's now Microsoft Copilot Studio. Yeah. Now, the power here is that it's in Teams and you can actually start now and create a co-pilot. Now, what's cool about this implementation is when you are chatting within Teams, anyone in your organization can use it. They don't need a co-pilot license, which means that I can go and create something that ties into HR, that um, ties into my line of business applications and allows me to actually build out um, functionality within Teams, which is very cool. Um, You will notice that... Even though everything here says co-pilots, uh, when you go into any of the videos and the like, it still talks about private virtual agents for teams, et cetera. But yeah, um, very, very cool here. And you can see that we've actually rolled out a couple of these um, co-pilots. We're a little bit slow here in, in terms of the, the interface, but um, one of them uh, that you will see here is Gizmo, the GT consult agent. And within that, I can ask it a number of different questions. Now, those questions I have curated, so the the bot itself can only do the things that I've told it to uh, to do. Yeah. Okay, that's slowly going through the uh, the team circle of death here, but um, in terms of that. Uh, you can test the bot. It will go through all of the topics that I've, I've uh, curated for this. There are a couple of entities you can publish it, etc. But what you'll notice here is the um, the new Studio experience with boosted conversations and Copilot intelligent um, authoring. So if you yeah. try that out, that actually takes you through to the web version of Copilot, and th- this is the the big daddy now. As we hit it, the first thing you see straight away, set up your generative AI. So the componentry that it's allowing you to add in here, that generative AI componentry is first and foremost in terms of the new functionality here. But when I set one of these up, I can plug it into to multiple channels. So here we've got Microsoft Copilot. That is the, the Microsoft 365 chat. That you are bringing up within um, Teams or within your Microsoft 365 web interface, that you can start asking questions around your organizational information, etc. And it's it's got full um, it's got full realization of you as an individual of the Graph API and where your permissions sit and what documents you have access to and who you collaborate with so there's a lot of a lot of um, knowledge there but that's part of that 30 dollars per user license you've also got a channel for teams now this is more for the the teams for uh, power virtual agent that i that i showed you previously that you can design in teams itself but depending on your authentication you can also Pop this out on a on a website, on a mobile app, on Facebook, right through to things like Slack, Telegram, even email. I, I can't imagine who would want to uh, start asking an intelligent bot questions via email and getting responses, but you know that uh, capability is is there for you.
0: Well, I mean, you could you could implement it in a support type of vibe. Um But uh, what happens when you click uh, on the authentication settings? Do we have to set up a new authentication method to get those other options going?
1: Okay, so the security is actually relatively basic. There's no authentication, which you'd imagine for your public website where you've got customers interacting. Yeah, you've got only for teams and power apps. And then you have a manual, which supports um, AAD and OAuth 2.
0: So if, when you say no authentication, could you set up something with no authentication you put on a website that it can ask you, you can ask the bot to do things and it will just go ahead and do things?
1: Correct. Yeah. So you've got to be very careful in terms of how you do that, especially if it's interacting with your line of business applications. And uh, you giving it rights to perform actions, but
0: and is that a global setting or is it per kind of bot?
1: No, that that, that's per bot. Okay. So in this case, I've set this up only as a, a Teams and Power Apps bot. Yeah. And here I'd go and set up a number of topics. So these are the topics that you you give the bot access to now. When you go into a topic, it can be as simple as a greeting to say, hey, hi, I'm so-and-so, how can I help you? You might ask it to ask some additional questions. And and like any other bot, you've got the ability to go and test this out um, and and check information out. But with any of the actions that you're provided with here, you have access into the back end to go and do things like call a flow. Yeah. So at this point, you can go into backend systems, update them, do whatever you want to, because you can do whatever you want in in Power Automate. So it just needs to have the right instruction and it's got access to whatever you want to give it access to. Now, one of the things that you'll find here for a customer, you might create a flow that goes and checks some line of business information, brings it back to you, but it brings it back in this table that's not great. So what are you gonna do then? well then you can go through and generate answers based off of the the results so it's basically using generative ai take the result combine it into your however you want it in a prompt and return that uh, that data so that's the yep. one scenario the other scenarios if i'm jump back to my topics here could be something like getting a a, a request And then um, from that request, creating a generative answer from a data source. So like I said to you, you might have a office location, which I've set up here on our public website. And from that public website, I want to get the office location. So if I come in and say, okay, what what office location am I looking for? It's going to jump across to our GT consult website and that would be contact and this will have a look at all of our locations and then tell us whichever one we are specifically looking for so here we move offices well we just updated here and from then on this topic will go to the data source generate an answer for me and then yeah. return that uh, that answer accordingly. So very powerful in in that sense. Um, and with the Power Automate side of it, it, gives you access to absolutely anything that you've got access to with Power Automate. So whether it's HTTP requests, whether it's direct integration into SQL, etc., um, you've
0: you've got that power. So uh, this this is not for everyone to just go ahead and make right. I mean. Who's going to use this? It's going to be your your dev team or your power users, you know. But development's
1: for everyone, Brad. This is going to be every user within your organization. Um,
0: that's just, so, you're just waiting for a draw. <laughs> <then. laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, how many – I mean, Microsoft's big selling point with the power suite is that anyone can do this – Um, I would say no. I would say, you know, even with all of our existing clients, they want to get a a power app developed. Most of them come to us in any case to ask for it because it is just too confusing for an end user to put together. I mean, you talk to people about a variable. To a techie, that makes a lot of sense. To your average end user, they're like, what's a variable? Okay, how do I set this thing up? Yeah. Um, how, how, does, how does this connect to X, Y and Z? And they wouldn't actually have a clue. So, yes, I think this needs to be um, managed firstly by your IT team. I think there should be governance policies around it, what it accesses, um, what, what abilities it actually provides, because you can add in a lot of functionality here. Um, that could have detrimental effects on your your system, so you need to think about the ins and outs of the systems if it's predominantly a get information out less of a problem if it's writing information back in more of a, more of a problem
0: i mean they've got this um yeah let me share mine because this is something that uh I was uh looking at, and they're like, yeah, anyone can create Power Virtual Agents, check out this playbook. And it's called the Power Virtual Agents Customer Engagement Playbook. And you're like, oh, cool. This is uh, super easy and and, and something to, you know, um, to check out and and, and go ahead. And you go into this playbook. I wonder if it will show it. And it is 33 pages long. Um, it doesn't really give you that much uh, information, but uh, they've got the success by design, uh, which is a way that they've been rolling out uh, Dynamics. Um, and it is probably 5,000 pages of notes and how to do things and, and how to get things. And if you're not a project manager or not being in a dev team, um, there's absolutely no way you're going to know what's going on here. Um, and as you can see, strategize, initiate, implement, prepare, operate. And under each one of those, there's a plethora of additional items to have a look at. And so honestly, if I don't, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> this is definitely not something that you go hey guys you can make your power virtually just by the way uh check out success by design before you start and uh check out the playbook and uh, once you've got that down you can you can go for it like it's not going to be something for everyone to to use I mean, let's take a look at some of the options here,
1: like Azure OpenAI Services. So you can actually, for your generative uh, answers, point to your Azure OpenAI Services. So let's go and add in a connection there, or go to connection properties. We're talking about deployments, API versions, Maximum tokens temperature. Do you think anyone who's not a dev knows what a temperature is for a uh, an it's Azure it's AI put a model? a question mark
0: next to it, so you can hover and it'll tell you. Yeah, that. exactly. And
1: then what data sources good. you want to use. It, it it's definitely a, a technical um, setup in in terms of this. Uh, that's not to say that it should be designed by technical people. I definitely don't think that. And that the reason for that is because you need to think about topics. Yeah. And that the topics. You know a, a logical technical person might come along and say okay well i want to get the gt consult address and therefore these are the phrases that i'm going to put in that might not be an end user phrase so you need yeah. to think about what the end user is actually going to ask because whilst this is not in- intelligent enough uh, to use natural language to try and figure out what you're asking for you might, as a technical person, overlook very simple things that uh, that you won't see the the result. I of. actually saw a,
0: a guide on that where they where they use the LLM to to figure it out. Um, and you go, if it's similar to this, uh, so then it doesn't use phrases; it can use similar phrases or something along those lines.
1: Yeah. But another thing here, like this, this is one that really gets me. So you would have seen when I went to security, I set this up for for teams. So now I'm going to use a data source and I'm actually going to put in um, GT consults SharePoint site here. So let's just go to the GT consult with sites, documents. Okay, so this is the location in which we store all of our company documents, right? Sure. And going into Teams, you would think that this is a great place where I might want to go and find information. So I'm going to add in this, uh, this site here. And um, you'll notice straight away at the top here, my topic goes, oh, there's a problem. Yeah, And when I go through, it says... Authentication input not enabled.
0: Uh, it's because you've not allowed authentication. So now it's not doing pass through or.
1: Exactly. But you would assume that because you're in Teams, it would figure that out for you. But yeah, it actually that. turns out and it's a sneaky little Microsoft thing where they're going to force you to get Copilot. You cannot um, authenticate in Teams to any Microsoft or OneDrive data
0: so your generative
1: answers don't pick up your permissions from teams and pass them on to sharepoint so that that kind of thing would keep you stumped for for so the free
0: one won't, won't actually work because it's not going to be able to authenticate
1: it won't work utilizing these generative uh create generative answer items if you're pointing at anything in sharepoint however there is a workaround because you can point at a um a power automate flow you can pass the questions into the flow and return the answers so there there are ways to get around it it's a hack but uh you know that's what we were doing with power virtual agents for teams in the first place because this functionality was always available um it just now incorporates the generative ai components but like you saw there Certain things you're still going to have to point to Azure, OpenAI to get any of the the right responses, set up your models, etc. So, um, in, in that sense, there, there's still quite a bit of work to do as an individual if you're implementing this for an organisation.
0: Yeah, but it yes. can do it can do quite a few things. Obviously, conversations around information, but then actually activating uh specific things i think that's that's where i think it starts to really make a difference right so yeah and, start and talking to things- it i'm gonna take the day off today uh how many days leave do I have left cool um take it out of my personal leave um, and then can you book me two weeks from now uh i've got to go to vacation for this date this date to can do all of those things right Yes, so you can
1: then pick up those those questions, you can put them into a JSON object and push them into an adaptive card. So there you create a leave card that picks up your entire conversation, finds the bits and pieces like leave is today, um, for how many days, how many days leave do I have, and it fills that into the adaptive card. Um, and then from that adaptive card, Then you would go and call an action into Power Automate to go and update your HR system. So that type of functionality most certainly available. It's not just about asking for information. It's also about um, completing in forms and and the like, and even having conditions. So uh, splitting just depending on on the types of answers that you've got.
0: Yeah, That is kind of cool. I think there are quite a few use cases. Um, for this, I just yeah. Um, going through it in this my head, building so it out. You do need head. to kind of build this out from end to end before you even start building, right?
1: It's it's the funny thing. Like we've shown this to so many clients, and how many implementations have we had? Yeah. One. And I think the the sheer um power of it flabbergast most people, but then actually putting those implementations into practice is, uh, is really where you, you're looking for that, that sweet spot. And I think that adding in this generative AI component is, is going a long way to, to assisting that.
0: Well, I think there's two things. I think number one, you've got to point it to the right content. Um, and so that means your content needs to be up-to-date and accurate. Um, Correct. And I think that that usually is the first stumbling block because it's they'll go, oh yeah, we did it. We do have a document, but it's not not up to date. Uh, we need to ask Sally in HR; she knows what's going on. Um, so that's probably number one. Um, number two, and your processes but, you need to have them defined. Yes. So number two, your your process at the moment, yeah. Well, once we've done that, Sally sorts it out. Okay. Well, you know, um. It's got to be like, nope, we do the following and then that happens and then you can connect to the system and then that happens. And I suppose if you're in a mature organization that uh, has their documentation up to date and has their process um, uh, visible and accessible, then these can be rolled out quite quickly. Um, when you're in a position where things are a little bit uh, less managed, then you have to get this done first in order to get everything else done. So uh yeah you know, this is a great thing, but it's like, yeah, you know, once we've finished our documentation, we can get back to you. I think it's probably yeah the case, yeah, very much so so anyway the
1: the nice thing here that you've got analytics, so you can go and see what's been happening on on any of your bots, and uh you can then go and have a look. At what's working well, what's not working well, but with the new extension, you've also got this extended copilot preview, and that is the ability to add the functionality that we're building out here as GPTs. So, if you wanted to create an AI plugin, this could be something like "Go and fill in my leave," and it it incorporates a process such as um, a. a ...power Automate Flow to go and do something, Um, and that will then pull through into Copilot. So, when you're running Copilot within your environment, um, you can extend it with these conversational and AI plugins. Now, the problem with these two is, obviously, you need to be running Copilot in your environment... ...and you need a license for it in order to run them. So, yeah, um, useful, most most certainly, having a GPT, but that assumes that everyone within your environment has a Copilot license, which I don't think would be the case, um, looking at the the costing of the license, et cetera. Um, you would probably have a bunch of knowledge managers with Copilot, um, and these kind of plugins would then be assisting them, not necessarily everyone in your organization.
0: Yeah, and the... So, yeah, the licensing is one thing. And then the other thing is uh, you also need a license Microsoft Copilot Studio for the tenants.
1: So, yes, that is if you are building out um, your items with the Copilot Studio. When you are utilizing um, Copilot Studio for Teams, that license is incorporated into your Microsoft 365 licensing. So, what you'll see here is because you've got all of these extensions, if we pop back into Teams, you'll notice it doesn't have all of the same uh, kind of features here, um, or all of the the same features like the enhancements, but you still have all of the functionality around AI integration tools, you'll still have the ability to call generative answers, Um, you just don't have the ability to create a an extension for copilot.
0: Yeah, I think I've got the whole list yeah. I mean, uh you can't publish to anything other than Teams. Um where the the Microsoft Copilot Studio has external web, Facebook, WhatsApp, etc as well as internal Teams uh, and internal web and 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 uh it doesn't have the generative AI uh, with AI enabled conversation. It doesn't have build your own standalone copilot. Um, it doesn't have the Power Automate for Copilot Studio Cloud flows. Um, it doesn't have the Premium and Custom Power Platform connectors. It doesn't have the on-premise and cloud services data transfer for, uh, for Power Platform connectors, um, and you cannot use any managed environment. So the yeah, so the the Copilot Studio is the be-all and end-all, where the the Copilot Studio for Teams is just. It's a very watered-down version.
1: Yeah. But remembering that you can still you can um, connect to a lot of the data via your flow. So you can mimic this the same functionality, but then you need to deploy Azure OpenAI um, if you're wanting to use any of the generative uh, type of functionality. And that's going to cost you anyway. Yeah, you're going to be paying for your Azure um, OpenAI modeling and connection and the flow. Uh, if if you're writing that, uh, if that flow has any additional costs, like um, HTTP requests or whatever it might be, um, you would need a license to manage that as well.
0: So I think when I look at this and I go Microsoft Copilot Studio, when would I implement this? Um, it would probably be when the users have the information readily available um, and understand the process then this is a no-brainer, no problem. We can then take that information and we can follow the process and we can put this all together. And then you can have a discussion and you can have actions and everything's great. If the situation was, well, the information's all over the place and you know the the process is whoever's running it at the date, I think then it's uh, you're going to skip. You're going to be like, well, this is definitely not the, the, the product yeah, uh,
1: and and the other thing that you need to take into account here is the internal channels versus external channels. So remembering yeah. that with the um, the Copilot Studio, you can deploy a um, a chatbot. anywhere. it yeah. could be on your website, whatever, um, and there. Obviously permissions uh, become paramount in terms of the information and making sure that the information is up to date. So same, same premise, but obviously with a completely different uh, audience in, in terms of who's going to be using the bot. And, and when it's going out to your clients, probably uh, just as a, if not more important around making sure that all of the data is correct.
0: And then also embedding this within a process could be something, you know, tell me where in the process this is now, uh, because obviously then you can point it to the information and identify certain things. So I think embedding into a process instead of, uh, having a landing page for something, uh, this could work as well in that space. Yeah. So, I mean, where we, we've,
1: uh, found some, some use here is obviously, Con- connecting it to some of our line of business applications, things like um, Zoho for project management or Zero for accounts, and actually being able to ask questions directly against the data um, and returning results. Now, when we set this up, we did it long before Copilot. We set it up in Azure OpenAI, um, and that at the time was the the right place to. To hold this and we've integrated that with teams and you can get your your results and the like and i think um, there it makes a lot of sense as long as you pointing the right information at the right audience um, and making sure that they are all licensed to to engage with the uh, the data so once again comes down to who's got access to the team who should be seeing the what what data etc but definitely can form part of that Team discussion right within a, a channel, and it does. It's not like a standalone tool. It's like, okay, I'm managing this project and now. I want to go and find out about tasks against it, um, and pulling information directly from your line of business application and presenting it in a in a nice format using the generative AI um, is definitely, yeah. There, there, I think there's a lot of uh, potential there.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Eh? There's potential. Um, I can't think of a, a non-gimmicky way of using this. Um, I think there's, there's just uncertainty as to what data is it looking at and are you sure that it's going to understand that data the right way? Uh, but I think that's my fear. Like, here we go. Here's our leave policy. Here's all the, the data on the leave. Is it that smart where you go, cool, now, now it's got it? Like, it's, you've requested the date, it checks everything like ah, uh, yeah I think it's you, you've got to see the proof in the pudding uh, you've got to actually use it and see if it comes back with what, what it should come back with.
1: Yeah most certainly and uh, I think with any of these things you've got to make sure the testing is done correctly that you're getting the right um, information out of the system when I mean, any AI is implemented that generative AI could be incorrect, it could be um, understanding the, the questioning correctly, and you might need to do some prompt engineering. But it's really coming up with business cases that improve your productivity for me. And I think there, there are very limited business cases at, at this point. I think we're going to be inundated with them in, in the coming year. But um, to get true kind of productivity out of it, um, you really need to find the the sweet spots, and uh, those will be coming. I, I guarantee they will be coming. Um, it's just finding them uh, right now for every business. I think you have to sit back and ask yourself, well, what pain am I suffering with here? Is this going to solve my my, um, my problem? And is the cost worth it? Yeah. Just do an analysis of each of those those requirements. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I just I just worry about. Um the if then that kind of scenarios you have to go through book my leave uh, also book craig leaves he's coming with me uh, does it check to know like oh can this person book craig's leave how does it know that it can book and then cancel craig's leave he said he's going to leave no cancel it you know what i mean can someone cancel someone else's leave
1: yeah. So um, this becomes quite important in terms of your topics and um, in terms of your routing. And as you say, the complexity could be insane in terms of the workflow. So maybe it's not even worth it. It's, it's yeah. worth just sticking to a specific use case. Our current um, system
0: does what it needs to do. So, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: where the, the intelligence here is not necessarily in the build of the topic. It's more in the returning of the data or um, kicking off a process. So you still need to go through all of that engineering around what that actual process should should do. So it's not a quick fix to anything. It, uh, it, I, I'd say you'd pointed at a specific requirement. And work that out, and then if you want, you see the benefit for another process. Well, then work that one in a, as another topic. But uh, each each one of these needs to be carefully thought through. And I think you bring up some great examples there where it could be um, a complete uh, mess in, in terms of that. So yeah, your governance has to be right in terms of who can do what when.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm not gonna call it a gimmick. Um, because obviously, we've tried it and we've used it and it, it can be useful. Um, but I just think that it's too, too broad a thing just to slap on right now. Just be like, oh, no problem. Slap on one of these and it will do what it needs to do. Um, I think there's just too many. It's so good that it you kind of have to curb it and go, hey, just focus on this area. Make sure that this is done. Yeah. I think it would work wonders embedded into a process. I'm not sure about putting it in front of something, though. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, a a great example here in terms of Microsoft, with if you hit the the co-pilot on Teams, their um, first example is HR processes. (coughs) Excuse me. And that is a perfect example because you can curb it to a specific idea and uh, see exactly how it could work for HR and then you'd have a HR channel where you'd go and run through any of your processes there and you can set up very specific limitations in terms of what it can do. And you can ask bot that, say, okay, what can you help me with? And it gives you five functions that it can yeah. help you with. Um, and, and that saves a whole lot, um, in terms of people having to know where to go and find the process, etc. If they just jump into teams and go, okay, I want to ask a question here. Ooh, you know what, let me action that right away. Then it makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I could see it working, but it's, uh, it's definitely not going to be straightforward, drag, drop, click, play, go for it. Uh, yeah. There's, there's going to be a ton of work behind it to, to get it right. Um, and on all, you know, all those different levels, security, you have to worry about actions, you have to worry about, uh, yeah, there's, there's a ton. But it is very cool. It does make my head spin. So it definitely is cool.
1: Wait till you try to set up some of them. Then that'll really get your head spinning. That whole user authentication thing had me going for a good, good half an hour thinking I'd completely screwed something up until I read in fine print on the the one site that uh, you know Teams doesn't authenticate to SharePoint.
0: So yeah, I've just, <laughs> Fun I've just, times. Got, a, I've just got a notification that my Copilot Studio uh, trial is expiring. So you to get that sorted out. Maybe not for me, but for you, you can, you can carry on. Excellent. Thanks, Brad. All right, Craig, thank you very much. I know more about all of this now, and I feel a little bit more uh, knowledgeable on the subject. I think, next I'll time we'll come up with a solid idea the solution comes through Do you know what i mean like i won't be like <laughs> let's make a co-pilot uh, right away i think it's one of those yeah. where you like let's listen understand and then maybe um but yeah thank you very much awesome. thank you i'll catch you next week thanks man Bye. Talk to you soon. boy 呢 nee.